For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mysell. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. That's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, bright and early, as Kaylee and I say, on your drive into work when you're brewing that morning, morning coffee or heading off to the gym. Be sure to conveniently download that Odyssey app so that you have those brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you and do yourself one better. Hit that auto download button and that'll help make sure that those episodes are right there waiting for you as soon as you open the Odyssey app for all brand new brand new Jolly Rogers and Touchdown episodes. Guys, you can also catch these episodes on any of your favorite streamable platforms. I'm Casey Hudson, joined by Kaylee Mizell, and we are sailing into a new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Kaylee, how's it going for you? How's the juggle? You and I are in full-blown hockey and football season right now, so we're both juggling the masses. How are you doing? It's good. I'm doing well. It's a beautiful season. Uh, it's a hectic season, like you alluded to, uh, but it's all fun. The the lightning, you know, I, th- when this airs, it will have been last night. They opened up their season at home. So, yeah, an exciting time uh, here in Tampa Bay sports and in our lives, although uh, also very busy, but fun, fun, busy. Casey, <laughs> yes. what about you? How are you feeling? Same. I'm, I'm just trying to get back on that 100% train. I'm, I'm yeah. last week I was functioning at about 40% and now I think I'm at a good like 60, 65. So there you go. Fingers crossed, just got to get past this little fall bug. And Mm -hmm. the only thing is everyone keeps reaching out and they're like, that's just going around with everyone right now. And I'm like, that's good to know, but (laughs) it doesn't make me feel any better to know that everybody's dying. But um, no, I appreciate everyone that's reached out over the course of the past couple of days. And a lot of people knew that um, that judging that I had to do on Saturday was probably going to take a lot out of me. And it did. So Sunday, Monday have been a struggle. And here we are Tuesday running around getting things done for hockey as well as football. And, you know, this is those moments where while it's chaotic, I do still very much appreciate the fact that I get to do what I love. So it's not taken for granted. It's very exciting to still be able to do this and, and talk football and hockey with you. And look, my voice sounds better and stronger today than it did a couple of days ago. So we're hanging in there. And guys, the most exciting part about this week is the fact that tomorrow, don't make fun of me, there's an actual cold front supposed to be coming through Florida. It is, yes. It's, it's, uh, we're really going to feel fall. We're really going to feel fall for Florida fall again, for, for, for those listening that, um, like the bucks, but don't live in the sunshine States. It is Florida <laughs> fall. That means a high of 70. Yeah. So we're, we're happy about that down here, <laughs> but the lows, it's those lows that we're considering. My roommate and I yeah. are already like, Oh, we're going to go pumpkin patching and find a fire pit at a nice restaurant somewhere and do all the fall things. So yes. I'm excited. That's going to make me feel so much better. Um, but with that said, we had an eventful weekend. And while a lot of the upsets were what felt like the most dramatic part of things, of course, it's the headlines of once again of Tom Brady as offensive line and everything and more. So it's time for us to sail into those team updates, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. And uh, we're not going to hit you too hard over the head with this Tom Brady stuff. You guys know Kaylee and I just like to give you the facts on it and move on, you know. But uh, first and foremost, there are, you know, some question marks around some guys. Most of you all know that it's not really until the middle of the week, that first practice that we find out injury report updates and information. 
What I will say is that Todd Bowles always does his press conference post game as well as first thing Monday morning or Monday afternoon, depending on what time the team gets in from the night before. And there was a lot of questions, you know, is it the offensive line? What's going on? Is so-and-so, you know, getting ready to be back healthy and better? So one of the updates that Todd Bowles did give is the fact that there was three injured DBs in the Tampa Bay Bucks secondary lineup. That's Logan Ryan, Mike Edwards, and Sean Murphy Bunting. He said they could return to practice or play this week. That's the most that he could give as an update on them. I know that Kaylee and I would love to at least see Logan Ryan back in the lineup. Logan Ryan has been a huge contributing factor, especially to one of the key points that Kaylee and I discussed last week is this team needing turnovers. And it seems like they can't figure out how to turn over a ball without Logan Ryan in the lineup. So that could be something very helpful uh, for this team. He also spoke on the fact that the defense was allowing allowing four Steelers conversions on third and 11 or longer. It was a different player on each play. It makes it worse because we didn't stop them, period. So another talking point for something that Kaylee and I discussed post game on Sunday was defense's third down management and the fact that they would do one good thing and then let up on a really big issue. So there's a lot of things that coach Bowles, you know, what I love about him as the head coach is that he doesn't swerve around the point, even those difficult questions, right? You can ask him stuff like, why is the defense inconsistent? Why do you have these top defensive leaders, but you guys can't play four quarters of football and mm -hmm. Coach Bowles will answer it, you know. He won't tiptoe around the um, around the fact too much. Um, he's not the most vocal guy, and he doesn't have the most dragged out sentences, if you will. But he will more so say, you know, yeah, that part wasn't pretty, and this is where we need to clean up and execute more. Um, Kaylee, are you just as excited to hopefully have Logan Ryan back in this lineup? As they I am. need him. They need him, Casey. And we talked about it on the post game pod. They need a guy like him, especially because he's one of the other dynamic guys. You know, you have, and we spoke about mm -hmm. Antoine Whitfield Jr., and he can play a few variable positions. And so, because he's been put, like you said, in this more nickel package playing up, really causing pressure and havoc on the quarterback and the offensive line, mm -hmm. they have missed a dynamic player in the secondary. And that is what Logan Ryan is and will be if he gets back into this lineup. So I am hoping for the Bucks' sake, for the defense's sake, and for our eyes, because uh, <laughs> it's been it's been kind of brutal to watch um, the way that this defense can be so good and that they've really had underwhelming performances the mm -hmm. last few weeks. And, and I think it is in part because guys like, you know, Logan Ryan are out. Right. Casey, we were talking about Logan Ryan and I unfortunately have breaking news. We're not going to see him this week. And that's going to be a real big bummer for the Bucks and for their defense. Oh. It's being reported right now from Ian Rappaport that the Bucks Logan Ryan is scheduled for foot surgery. He fracture there is a fracture in his foot. Dr. Martin O'Malley will be performing it again from Ian Rappaport who broke this news on Tuesday afternoon. He's headed for the IR. They say that he will be back late in the season and that he would be available for the playoffs. So really, really terrible news there because we just talked about how much Logan Ryan would add to this defense and how much they need him. Yeah. But still, Casey, even though there is this breaking news and even though 
We've got the stuff that we're, we're talking about with Logan Ryan. I still think that this defense needs to step up, but your initial reaction to that breaking news, because again, it is happening in real time while we're on the podcast. <laughs> while we're sitting here begging for his return, that would, that's, I mean, how, how timely of that we're sitting here begging for his Oof. return because of course, as we mentioned a few times, you know, he, he was a, he's been really the only contributor when it comes to turnovers uh, on this defense, on this secondary. So Honestly, first and foremost, always wishing him a speedy recovery um, because not only did I feel like he was a contributing factor in his skill set, but he was one of those veteran presence that that wanted to mentor and speak to the other guys and, and help them, you know, prolong their career, if you will, and, and, and make great decisions out there. And I feel like every individual uh, secondary player has really learned something from Logan Ryan. So maybe we'll see something along the lines that we did last year when uh, Richard Sherman ended up not being able to contribute to the secondary anymore. He put on that coach Sherm hat and I felt like he yep. was pretty awesome as, as coach Sherm. I would, I would tweet it out <laughs> here and there. I would be like, where's coach Sherm? You, you felt the difference. And some players, it translates differently to, to have somebody who knows their position so well, speak to them um, from that perspective. So maybe from a mental aspect, this can still help this uh, secondary, but that is unfortunate breaking news that we have that Logan Ryan will not be a part of, um, of the secondary for weeks to come. So once again, just wishing him a speedy recovery to be back out here playing with, with the Buckaroos, if you will. Um, that's so sad. That was unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, um, really, really unfortunate. Um, obviously, they they took some time to evaluate this. There was some time before surgery was decided upon. So uh, I have full confidence that they really did try to get him back out there. But this is just mm -hmm. not something that he was able to play on. It wouldn't have been a good idea. And there is actually a fracture. So um, again, same as you, Casey, just wishing him a speedy recovery and hoping that the Bucks defense will step up in the meantime and play for a guy like Logan Ryan because um, they, they need him to, for sure. It's week seven. We just need some better visual effects out there. And <laughs> one of the best rosters in the league has just got to give us more entertainment than this. Um, and there was a, there was a little a couple funny memes that had gone around because I so confidently was like, oh, I'm gonna bet on this because I know, and I'm 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 advising everybody to do this. Oh no, that was that was such a dumpster fire. And then I had to take a big old L. Not. On top of the L's that I already took this weekend, I had to take a big one publicly and make a meme of me like tearing up my bets because um, it just didn't it didn't go too well. So Bucks not win some, you lose my eyes. Yes, and Casey, I think that you're going to get back in the win column, <laughs> and maybe the Bucks will as well with a guy like Logan back in the lineup. That's what we're hoping. And aside from some of the guys that should be returning to the field, maybe just a quick touch on some guys that mentally need to check back in uh, to this team, to this field. Everybody, everybody needs to have a, have a come to Jesus moment, smooth everything over. Not saying that there's like ripples and stuff, but it just seems we talked about it. Like there's just a lot of individual, mm -hmm. you know, mentalities walking on the field and everybody's just kind of doing their own thing rather than playing in unison. So I would just love to see more of that mentor Tom Brady. You have the most experience in this league. You just, yep. you have so much to give, you know what I mean? And while that's pro probably very hard to do with, you know, off the field stuff in the same sense, you know, you didn't come back to have a, a, a pathetic last year, you know, and that's no. not going to feel good to close out that way. So mm -hmm. not even putting this on Brady, everybody has a role to play in Sunday stuff. Um, and that's not even talking about wedding or any of that crap. We're just talking about the fact of like, it's time for on leaders to step yep. up 
It's time totally. for people to get back to that, that energetic, that buzzing team, the people feeding off of one another, uh, energy, inspiration, and motivation wise, iron sharpens iron. So of course, Tom Brady doesn't say much at the podium, but he, he likes to share through his content. He likes to use his platform to kind of express himself the most that he probably will. And the way Brady expressed himself uh, was through Instagram. No surprise there. Saying football is hard. We're not playing like we are capable. We're in it together. We'll turn it around. Hashtag go Bucks. And look, I'm all for a simple man. In the words of Led Zeppelin, a simple man. Just take this. Take this Instagram um, quote here phrase, sentence, caption, and really just apply it to the team. He needs to be in the ears of these guys and and make them feel like, you know, they're not just the guy, the next man up in this situation. Cause at this point, week seven, it can't be the next man up mentality anymore. You're in this, you've been in this for a while. So there's some tough conversations that need to take place. And we're just kind of hoping that that all happens throughout this week. They have some really solid practices. They really get into that playbook as a team and you know, start delivering to this fan base and they have so much potential to do so. Right, Kaylee? They really do. And, uh, and it's funny because Instagram isn't the only place Casey that Tom Brady likes to talk. He does have his weekly let's go podcast. And Very true. Uh, they asked him a little bit more about what happened on the field with him and the O-line uh, when he shouted at, you know, at, at some of the other linemen, you know, you're much better than the way that you're effing playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom Brady spoke about it and he said, I don't know if it's motivation, but I do think it's a bad day when there's more F-bombs than touchdowns. Uh, he goes on to say, that was not one of my better days. They used to kind of keep you from showing those moments, but now it's out there for the world to see. And that's just the way it is. So he did take a little bit of responsibility, both acknowledging that, you know, it's a, it's a bad day when there's more F-bombs and touchdowns, which is what we saw. And uh, he also said, you know, that's not one of my better days. And I don't know ex- explicitly if he's talking about the way that he interacted with his teammates or on the mm-hmm. field. I personally am going to take it as both because it wasn't <laughs> one of his better days on either place. No. Um, but he recognizes what his leadership can do and what he can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a moment of frustration for a game that a lot of people love and that Tom Brady specifically loves. And I think that's allowed, you know, it, it's, it's okay. You're forgiven. You know, they, 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 the they team let you be can, human here. Yeah. You can be a human. The team can move forward. Uh, I, I mean, I still stand by some of the comments that I made on Sunday night. Like mm-hmm. I, there's still things about that, that I don't love, but the biggest thing is Tom Brady, he needs to lead by example and he needs to go out there and, and, and start performing. Um, and we'll get into that because that's going to be some of my treasure, t- treasure takeaways is because, you know, the way that he's been performing this season is just not typical Tom Brady. Um, and that that's an issue you know, amongst other things. Yeah. And what better time and way to go ahead and transition into our treasured takeaways here at Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. This has actually become one of, one of Kaylee and I's favorites. I want to say totally. Um, Cause then we don't have to nice to take some time to like reflect, to get some of the stats, to rewatch some film and then to like give it another once over what happened in this game 
what were some of the good things and what were yeah. some of the bad things and what are our treasured takeaways? So yes. that being said, you want me to start? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Good ones. So we talked on Sunday night uh, about and and the stat the 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 advanced stats weren't out yet. So I kind of made do mm-hmm. with the way that I was kind of seeing things. Uh, and I told you guys that I had accounted for about six six uh, of his dropbacks. Tom Brady was pressured. That mm-hmm. number went up a little bit. So so the accurate number from uh, Pro Football Focus was nine dropbacks or twenty one percent of Tom Brady's dropbacks, he got pressured on, which it isn't great, but it's also not terrible Mm -hmm. whenever you look at it as a whole. And in talking to one of our good friends, John Ledyard, uh, we were were talking back and forth about what is happening and is it on the O-line? Is it on Tom Brady? What's what exactly is going on? John had some really good insight that I really wanted to share with you guys. Um, and, and saying that, you know, neither he nor I really think that it's all on the O-line. You know, I don't think that the O-line played terribly as a whole. They, they played okay. They did have some ugly moments. Don't get me wrong. Um, but really, whenever you're looking at this offense, and this goes a little bit into play calling, which is, again, what you and I have been preaching, Casey, it's the play sequencing. The play sequencing, when runs are called, when passes are called, this team, they're not gaining enough positive yardage mm-hmm. each down to keep them out of bad situations like third and longs, you yep. know, so they're relying on themselves to have to make these really big plays. And while they might have made those big plays in the past this year, mm-hmm. we're not seeing those big plays. So Casey, it, it's a problem because it, again, it really has a lot more to do with the play sequencing, how the plays are being called, when they're being called, the ratio of run plays to pass plays. And if, and unfortunately, overall, this team offensively, Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, O-line, everyone include Chris Godwin, like name them all, the coaching staff, they are all end up being responsible because yep. – the play sequencing is just not working. You're not gaining enough positive yards. You have five games where you've scored less than 21 points. A lot of those points were not even scored by this <laughs> offense. They weren't even like touchdowns. A lot of those points, Casey, are from Ryan Suckup, are, are from the kicker. Offensive who, MVP. Yeah, who I mean like is, yeah, technically still on the offense, but like, He's the kicker. It's not, you know, the rest of the guys, what are you doing? So this team is not getting into the end zone. And part of the reason that they're not getting into the end zone is because they're not moving the ball. Why aren't they moving the ball? The issue comes down to they're not gaining enough positive yards. They're not calling. They're not getting created enough. They're not calling the right plays at the right times. That is the biggest issue that this offense is having. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, because of Tom Brady's name, because he's the GOAT, because he has such a big name, a big following, and because he retired and then unretired, the reality is is his name is going to be attached to this. Even if it ends up being 
more like 60% the coaches, 40, you know, 30% the O-line, 10% Tom Brady. Guess whose name's getting attached to it? Tom Brady's name. Tom Brady's name is getting attached to this because of how big his name is. So if I'm Tom Brady, if you're Tom Brady, you have to deal with this situation because the offense, it's not cutting it as it is. It's Mm -hmm. not cutting it. They have better in them, but they have to change how they're playing because what they've done in the past and what they're doing now is not working because in the past we've seen those big plays, Casey, Mm-hmm. We've seen those explosives. They've gotten down and then been, and been in a more timely back. manner too. They yeah. just have no, no, um, I'm looking for a better word here, but they just have no real like a, ability to kind of feel out when to place in those bigger plays. No, and you said it. They wait till the last moment to try to make that happen. And it doesn't fare out in their favor. Exactly. And to that point, the first two seasons that Tom Brady was in Tampa the Bucks converted more than 45% of their third third downs into first downs. That was the fourth best in football. This season, it's at 38%, which again, like when I'm giving you guys percentage, it's it's it seems like, oh, well, that's not that big of but like even the tiniest percentage in football can drop you down. So they mm-hmm. were fourth the last two seasons. This season at 38%. Casey, they're 22nd. That's 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 a big really drop. really awful going from fourth to twenty second in the league in one year with a lot of the same guys and uh, frankly like some guys that should be better than what you had previously. Mm-hmm. That's really really bad. And to me again, that points to the the creativity, the coaching, the play sequencing. That is what really has to get under control. Uh, you can't go four and 14 and converting third downs, which is what they did this past Sunday. They failed two third and one attempts. Two. Yeah. Like that, you can't, you have to be able to move the ball. And again, you have to figure out offensively, coaching staff, you have to, what are we doing wrong? How, what, what puts us in the best possible, possible position to move the ball forward. Mm -hmm. That's the play we need to call. We need to move the ball forward. They're not doing it right now. Right. And I think you set that up perfectly for, um, one of my treasured takeaways here on Jolly (laughs) Rogers and touchdowns. Stop beating yourself. Oh, this team's beating themselves, honestly, because one of the things that is usually played into large losses or tight, you know, tight losses for this team has been a high turnover rate. And Tom Brady's not out here throwing two, three, four interceptions per game. So if your quarterback's not throwing away the ball, yet your offense can't get anything done, the only thing I'm seeing is that you are beating yourself, which Mm -hmm. comes back to everything that you just said, Kaylee, so perfectly. It comes down to play calling, which we've talked about. It comes down to the lack of creativity, which we have talked about. I thought that this would have been the perfect game for them to even to attempt to um, attack evenly from the pass game to the run game, or even more so lean into their passing game that much more with such a large portion of the Steelers secondary being out. And you didn't see that. You saw no creativity. You saw no adjustments to trying to lean into the weaknesses of the Steelers. You saw the same old song and dance, even though you had a team that should have easily been able to to deliver you a win. 
So my biggest takeaway is this offense, this team actually as a whole needs to stop beating themselves because they really cannot play the blame game with anybody. Everyone has an accountability to take here as to why this team is not producing and not playing well and not functioning to the rate that they should be functioning at. For instance, you know, starting from play, Tom Brady, first of all, should not be rated at a, a C grade on PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus. He's at like a 77.8 for one. He typically, the lowest I thought I've seen him drop in the last two years being with the Bucks was maybe about an 83%. He's at a 77.8. And some people aren't big on PFF grading. I do think that it does give a nice little foundation there to put some things into perspective. Kaylee and I talked about this Sunday also. There's the seeing eye test and then there's statistics. I like that sweet spot in the middle, you know? Yep. So, for instance, passer rating versus the Steelers, 87.8 versus the Falcons, 92.7 versus the Chiefs, 114.7 versus the Packers, 98.4, Saints, 79.3, Cowboys, 87.3. Overall, he's still within the 90s of his full average passer rating. But that goes to show you that it's not completely the fact that like he's not getting the job done because I take you back to that turnovers. Tom Brady has one interception for the entire season. So how is this offense not performing whatsoever? And I don't think it's a solely blame it on the offensive line deal. I've seen the videos on tick, uh, on Twitter. I've seen the many times that the issues that they're having on the left side of that offensive line. I get it. But you're also talking about one of the fastest quarterbacks with or quarterbacks with one of the fastest releases in the league. So I just don't think that they're game planning correctly around what they have. And yep. maybe they made the mistake of thinking, OK, we just have to get through this week and then we'll see what happens next week. You know, because I know everyone has questions about Ryan Jensen and, you know, are they going to start switching anybody out for for Luke Gattaki? But you can't game plan like that. There are some things you can game plan on a week by week basis, but there's other things that you have to almost pretend like that's your long-term solution. And how is this going to work? How is this going to hang in there for us week by week until we get answers? Because when you only know 20% of a Ryan Jensen situation or anybody else, you can't sit here and think, let's just get past this week. It's not working for you guys. So for me, it's stop beating yourself. Something else to kind of like look out here, because then now we're talking about which you and I will get into more later in the end of the week when we do the preview for the Panthers game. But their defense is hanging at 11th overall. Um, their offense, you know, has percent wise run plays 33.3 percent pass plays 66.7 percent. Their EPA per run minus 0.33 minus their run game. They have parts of their run game in the minus column. Their EPA per pass, 0.09. You're not seeing any progress there. Then big time throw percentage, 4.43. Turnover worthy play percentage, 1.11. Power rating, which we kind of already just went through. So all I'm seeing here is a team that's not piecing together a plan. You're not being strategic. You're not looking at what you have available on your roster and making the best plan possible around them. Points allowed by this defense alone, 103. They rank six. They were supposed to be one of the best defense heading into this season. And then the offense is just bad. They're ranked 20th. Yeah. And Tom Brady's your quarterback. And Mike Evans, Mr. Eight, one, 1,000 seasons, is one of your top, was one of your receivers. Chris Godwin fought hard in the offseason to make a comeback, and now he's playing, you know? So it's almost a disservice to some of these guys to not plan adequate, adequately around the players that you have and, and to get creative and to be smarter about it and to formulate play, plays that, you know, should work, let's say, seven out of ten times because it's football and you never know. 
but it doesn't even feel like they're doing that. So stop beating yourselves is one of my biggest takeaways now that we are in week seven. I just can't watch the same old song and dance anymore. You got to you gotta split up the reps between Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. I don't know. I still cannot figure out mentally how they saw Dot and Rashad White pave a way for them versus the Falcons and not game plan to include them more versus the Steelers who were who were a depleted team, a one in four team and fully depleted and ranked way worse than the Falcons who I've said from the beginning are not that bad. Um, something I kind of missed in updates guys and Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans is that the update on Cameron Brait, tight end Cameron Brait, uh, he does have a sprained neck. So I don't think that we will be seeing him anytime soon. Um, just really glad that he has functionality in his arms, legs, like, like everything else. Um, but I can only imagine, you know, bouncing back from an injury like that. I had one of my best friends growing up in college. She sprained her neck in soccer. And that was a bit of a recovery. So um, what made me remember to, rem to give you guys an update with Cameron Bright is the fact that unfortunately – with Cameron Bright being out again for some time, now they're probably going to game plan more for Kate Otten, but it shouldn't have come to that. That shouldn't be the case at all. So not sure where they're going to go from there. I do know that you and I are both very frustrated with the game planning here. Mm -hmm. um, do you have anything else on offense, particularly Kaylee, or anything on defense for your takeaways? Two other things, um, and this goes into a little bit of what I was talking about before. Just wanted to throw this stat out to you guys. Um, under it, 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 it's not, and maybe it's like a confidence thing with with Tom Brady and his O line, um, because usually he's very good under pressure. Um, in the past, he's been ranked eighth. He was ranked eighth last year under pressure, his QBR rating. This year, his QBR rating under pressure is 4.7, which is 29th out of 32 qualifying passers. So wow. that does – I think that there is a little bit of a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. um, and to continue on with a little bit of that disconnect and to continue on with the point that you're making, Casey, it's – you know, there have been the offensive line struggles – have not just amounted to Tom Brady and his QBR rating under pressure. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's it's also a big reason why the Bucks are struggling in the run game because to to run just for averaging three point one yards per carry, that's the that's the worst in the league. That's really bad. And when you have a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's literally dodging players and then carrying two players into the end zone, when you have such a powerful and strong runner like that, mm -hmm. the fact that your ranking is the worst in the league is very telling. And it's not telling of Leonard Fournette because he's a good, really good quality running back. It's telling that, again – you're not getting creative, and this O-line is is not figuring out a way to step up and create some gaps for Fournette to be able to get through. And that's yeah. a that's a really big deal because, again, it goes back to my first point, which is you have to get positive yards. You have to be able to move the ball forward. And passing, running, it just – it's not happening. So specifically for the run game – Again, it, I'm just we're it, it's over here, and I'm gonna keep ringing this bell because it needs, like, it needs to be said. You have to get creative. Use Rashad White. Use 
KDOT. And the one the one of the plays that you had KDOT and out there, and he blocked and, and he was able to put up this really good block for Leonard Fournette. Fournette had a lot, he had a long run that that one. He yeah. was able to get some yards. He was able to go somewhere. Cade Otten set that up. Use him. Use yeah. him both receiving. Use him as a fullback. He's a dynamic player. You need to use him. You have to change. Like you can't. Mm -hmm. It's broken, guys. It's not just like, oh, if it's – no, it's broken. It's broken. You have to fix it now. Yeah. It is broken. You have to fix it. So that was my last thing on offense. I just did want to 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 point out that there are I'm not ignoring or not acknowledging the O-line woes and issues. There, those are real. Um, I think that they can be avoided by using your strengths and, yeah. and playing to the guys that you have on your roster this year. Completely. And funny enough, once again, you set me up for my next point. My last offensive point, here I am, just a girl in Tampa Bay, once more crying out for this team to involve their tight ends way, 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 way more. Way more. Um, as you said, a lot of the successful, big successful runs that they've had, I mean, I can't particularly say a lot, but significant big successful runs that they have had have been behind Kate Otten and as well as Coquith. Um when you're aware of something like that, why not game plan to get them involved more, let alone something that's not been utilized, that's not been capitalized on whatsoever is the middle of the field. And I know a lot of people had woes about what's going to happen when Rob Gronkowski is not on this roster. And so if there's anything that I'm significantly seeing, aside from the fact that Gronk was one of Tom Brady's go-to guys, um, who he can rely on, who he knew would get the job done. It was just a very seamless transition between those two. It's like reading a guy on the ice, you know? But other than that, what I'm noticing now is that it was the middle of the field. It was those over-the-middle passes where Gronk really showed up, where he was really able to fight for that extra yardage. And while I wouldn't sit here and say, hey, we need to find the next Gronk, we just need to find the next tight end capable of doing so, which mm -hmm. is why I need them to start grooming and, and finding a functional role for the tight ends in this system. Cameron Bright has never particularly been a blocking tight end. So regardless of his role, regardless of when he's playing and if he's playing, you drafted a guy who showed you that he has blocking capabilities that can be built upon and, you know, catching capabilities that could be built upon. They should have been grooming that way better. And then you've seen in certain cer certain circumstances where, you know, again, run there's been run plays that have taken place behind Co'Keefe and Kate Otten. There needs to be a play or a few plays constructed out there where you send Kate Otten to the middle of the field and let him start getting used to what that feels like. Let him find his confidence there. That's kind of a different adjustment to make, especially when you're getting into the NFL and on NFL speed because the middle of the field is where you can kind of get eaten alive too. But that's why you want those big body receivers or tight ends to really take up and conduct out there. So that's where, again, creativity and all this stuff plays into it. But get the tight ends more involved. Let them help when it comes to the run game, especially with this O-line, trying to figure out what they're going to do here. Um, and, you know, is Luka Decky going to stay in that role? Donovan Smith's doing everything that he can outside. Tristan Wirfs is Tristan Wirfs. You've got the guys key-wise that you know can hold up. But, you know, you had Nick Leverett being a contender for that center role between him and Hainsey. You draft these versatile guys on the offensive line. So now it's time for them to start making some better judgment calls as a whole for this offense. And aside from the offensive line, the next better judgment call I think they need to make is how can we involve and use the tight ends to our advantage here? You know, where do we need blocking help? 
place a guy here. Where do we need to start, you know, orchestrating passes more over the middle of the field? Let's get a tight end in there. There's ways to be creative without overdoing it or getting too pretty or cute with it. And I'm just begging, I'm begging another week here to see these tight ends way more involved. And then aside from the offense and you and I's offensive points on treasure takeaways here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, I got one point for the defense. One really key point here. Third down management. Mm -hmm. You got to manage third downs. You cannot have a third down shutdown and then have a team going for it again. And then you just completely give up a massive play. It's not like it was a small little play and they just happened to get the one yard that they may or may not have needed. No, it was a monstrous 17 plus yard play. They almost, they literally hand, hand delivered Clayton Claypool, one of his best performances. That's, that's offensive for a one and four Steelers team. And you're going to just start handing out. Here you go. Rack up stats on our behalf. There you go. Just pass out coupons while you're at it. Like, you know, free 10 yards on us. But we are one of the best defenses out here, contending to be one of the best defenses out here. They've got to clean it up. They've got to get their heads on straight. And third down management has been an issue for at least the past three games. So I don't know what it's going to take for them to reel it in and get it together. But third down management has to change and just kind of, you know, scooting back to that quote that I said at the top of the segment, Todd Bowles recognizing it too, you know, a shutdown on third and 11, and then just giving up the next play, the next play, the next play, the next play, you have to be consistent. And there's too mm -hmm. much talent on this roster to be so inconsistent. Um, I need Devin white to get back to wherever his head was in training camp. Yep. Play strategically, help your team. Do the right thing out there. Levante David was the leading tackler, and I think he barely had seven tackles. I think he had seven tackles and, and one or two assists. And then after that, five tackles was the next the next leading, and that was between Antoine Winfield Jr. and Jamil Dean. Those are very ridiculous stats versus a rookie quarterback for one, then Mitchell Trubisky who comes in for two, and then guys who haven't gotten much yardage or big plays all season long, except for the somewhat exciting game versus the Bengals. And then they get their next exciting game versus uh, what should be a top tier Buccaneers defense. Yeah, it's just, I think that my defensive point to kind of go, go off that Casey is, is not like this, this does have to be the identity of the team. On Sunday, I said that this team doesn't have an identity. The defense has to be the identity of this team because the offense is still figuring things out. The yeah. offense had changes in coaches. The offense had a, a few other changes. The defense, you still have Todd Bowles. You still have most of your guys. So the fact that the defense is not holding their own, which they're not, mm -hmm. that's a really big issue. The defense needs to be the identity of this team. They have to be able to hang their hat on the defense. Warren Sapp used to say, just give me 17 points and the Bucs will still win. It doesn't matter. If a team scores 17 points, the Bucs will still win. Mm -hmm. This defense has to be better. You got to like take it from Sapp. Like you, you can't allow these teams to put up so many points on you. And, and to your point, Casey, it starts with the big plays, you know, to start the game, the defense, they were pretty strong. They hung in there. They 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 let the Steelers 3 of 11 on third downs is what the Steelers were to start the game. Mm -hmm. But then the Steelers went 4 for four, 4 on third downs, including a third and 13, a third and 15, two times, 
and a third and 11. That can't happen. So uh, on top of the fact that like you cannot let these big plays happen, you, you have to be tighter on third and long. You also like you just have to be better as a unit. You have to be better. Um, Shaq Barrett said, you know, he acknowledged it. He said, this is so frustrating. We can't be doing this to ourselves. We're supposed to be a good team, but good teams don't do this. We've got to figure it out. And I'm saying to you, yes, you do. You have to figure this out. Todd Bowles, Shaq, like all of you, you have to get into a room together and you have to figure out what these issues are because you can't go from being one of the best defenses and looking at the lineup. You guys have a like fantastic core and you brought back almost everyone on defense. How are you going to tell me that this can't be one of the best defenses in the NFL? They can be but they're not acting like it. They're not playing like it. And I think it goes back to maybe what Todd Bowles said a little bit. Some people may be living in fantasy land. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's on you coach. You, you got, you got to shake them out of it. And hopefully that loss did, but they have to be shaken out of this fantasy land. And they need to know that this defense has to be the identity of this team. You mm-hmm. have to. Um, and so I'm, my call is that the defense has to step up. They have to step up. They have to own the fact that they are a defensive team and that this is where they need to hang their hat. Um, yeah. And if not, then they're, it's just, it's not going to move forward and they're going to keep going down in the power rankings, which is where we're getting to next and and where they did go down after <sighs> their loss. Uh, so looking at both the NFL and the ESPN power rankings, the Bucks went down three on the NFL.com power rankings. They were number six. Now they are number nine. And I'll give you, Casey, those top one through 10. It's the Bills at five and one, the Eagles at six and oh, the Chiefs are number three. Four is the Vikings, five, the Bengals, six, the Cowboys, seven, the Giants, eight, the Ravens, and nine, the three and three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And honestly, Casey, I told you that. <laughs> If I was doing the power rankings out, I might put them a little bit lower because uh, I just I just have not been impressed by their play of late. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure if they deserve to be a top 10 team after what we've seen from them. Do they have the capabilities of being a top 10 team? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Do they have the talent? Yes. Have they shown that to us? No. I don't mm-hmm. think that they've shown us that they're a top 10 team. Um, and that I think is what is frustrating to me about this. Absolutely. And yeah, you and I chatted about that and pretty much agreed on it as well. Cause <laughs> you know, when you start paying attention to what teams start rolling in underneath them, you're just seeing a little bit more gumption and gusto from those other teams. And that's where things kind of get a little sad because you know, it, they deserve better. You it's, I think the hard part to the pill to swallow here is that training camp, this team was being compared to piecing together that perfect Madden roster. Yep. And then you've got, you know, Julio Jones, who's really performed in what one game, if you will, even though he's played in two. Yeah. Um, and even then he, he had a limited reps in that one game that he, that he performed. And it was the one big catch that really kind of set the tone there. And after that, we've seen nothing since, um, I will say in, in the second game that he did get to play, there was all, also some limited opportunity there just because uh, routes and and not miscues on his end, but just like big matchups or coverages that kind of shut him out of the game. But 
you can't go from being a Madden roster to to a three and three team losing to a one and four Steelers, and you're making mistakes that should be manageable by now. Um, I will say it's probably not that great that this team always ends up relying on the defense to pull it through for them. And while before this week, haven't checked the statistics updated yet, but you know, this defense only allowed um, an average of 15 points and can't always come down to defense. But when offense is making mistakes, such as can't not managing uh, their third downs and having way too many third and outs, then you're relying on your defense to be on the field way too much. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was a, this was kind of a thing the first year that Tom Brady was here, 2020. There was a lot of tight games where defense really pulled through for these guys, and then all of a sudden they started to kind of find their footing um, middle of the end of the season there. And I, I'm going to say it 100 times, I'm just really hoping that that Steelers game was that 2020 Chicago Bears game. Nobody expected the Bears to pull off that W. And not that it was embarrassing, but, you know, it was embarrassing. It reminded them that they're not playing good football. Not to quote Tom Brady almost in every press conference, but they're not playing good football. No. And there's got to be some simple little cleanups that they can do to start getting them on the right trajectory to even talk about them being a playoff team. Right now, this is this is not per se a playoff team. They can't face um, – you know, they're they're heading into a Panthers matchup that should be a shoo-in, but I, I, I'm nervous to even say that because if you go in and you can't score points and your defense is relied on just to hold these guys back and they keep getting in field goal range, then you're looking at another terrible scoring game for one. And for two, it's a nail-biter because you're just seeing which offense can find the end, the, the end zone first. Yep. So, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I would almost, you know, vouch to be like they don't even deserve to be at, at position 10 as of right now, according to ESPN, but we'll give it to them. I just hope that they look at something like this and say, dang, we're below the Giants, the Jet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All the New York fans were like, hey, we earned that. Yes, they did. Especially Matt McCara, <laughs> who was a diehard Jets fan. And uh, the I Jets and the Chargers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But you just have these teams where it's like, you know, you should have been hanging in there a little tighter. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago, I was going to bat for them being in position four or five over eight. And now I'm like, oh, they might need to be hanging out at that lucky, unlucky 13, if you will. So Hopefully these power rankings will will spark some light and life into both the offensive and defensive side of the ball for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think that leads us right over to the sale and to the south segment because sure does. Haley, the way that this team has been playing, guess what they're doing? They are not going to be sitting top of the NFC South for long. <laughs> I can unfortunately mm. deliver that news. No, right. no, they're not. They're still, they're still in first place just because of their win over the Falcons. But they're, I mean, they're, they have a three and three record just like the Falcons do. Yep. Um, and it, it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, you just have to be better. Um, because this is not a fantastic NFC South this year. Um, uh, there's been, there's been years where it's been a little bit tighter. Um, Ooh. this is not, this is not like, overly difficult to be at the top of these teams this year. <laughs> so you need to, you need to be there. You need to be number one and you are still number one, but you have to maintain that. And um, it's going to be interesting this weekend because um, you know, the Panthers are one and five and, and, but 
they just lost to a one and four team, Casey. So exactly. you kind That's of right have, here. you have to hold your breath a little bit going into this game. And I'm sure that we'll preview that matchup a little bit more. But right now the Bucks do sit atop the NFC South at three and three with that first place win over the Falcons. They mm-hmm. are number one. Falcons are also three and three coming off a win. The Saints are two and four coming off a loss and the Panthers are one and five and they're on a three game skid right now. The Bucks will look at to make it for Casey. Any thoughts on the NFC South? A lot of thoughts because for one, <laughs> that knowledge that you just dropped about where everybody's sitting and whether they're coming off of a win or a loss, um, you know, I've mentioned it here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns that desperate teams will put you in a very scary situation mm-hmm. and, you know, the Steelers were in. We're a desperate team. Now I had that daunting stat sitting in my brain forever about Mike Tomlin being 14 and four versus, you know, making comebacks on three consecutive losses. And then he turned it into 15 and four versus the bucks. And that was painful. Not that I know the statistics yet when it comes to the Panthers bouncing back, but they are in the midst of, you know, a lot of their own drama and issues taking place and um, rule got ruled out the other week. So their head coaching situation did switch up, which could help them or, you know, could be something that hinders them for a few more weeks while they try to get their uh get acclimated and get their footing there so hopefully this is a situation that will not be taken lightly not saying that the bucks took the Steelers lightly but this is again another opportunity to try to throw some different plays in there to try something different you have you have a great setup here to try something different make this more of a grooming game work on those rookies get them those confident reps try something different in the red zone you have a huge opportunity here try for the first quarter and then if not you know whatever um but i think that it would they'd be remiss not to go in with a little bit of a different game plan here versus a team Mm -hmm. like the panthers who are one and five Um, as for the saints i mean they're still kind of jotting back and forth a lot of this progress they've made over the past two three weeks has been andy dalton at quarterback and that was interesting um and they're dealing through their own slew of, of injuries and all sorts of inconsistency issues. So I'm not too worried about the Saints. So what I can say is that all of those NFC South projections of the Panthers and the Saints being top of the NFC South, we can put that to bed. But it's the Falcons that they really have to worry about here because they're kind of the dark horse in this division, if you will. Um, they just beat a really decent is the best word I can think of 49ers team, but this 49ers defense is ranked number one, um, I believe in, in their run stop defense and a few other things in the league. So for them to have um, formidable categories that they perform well in, that was interesting to see that the Falcons were able to top them, but I'm not surprised. They hung in there with the Rams. They've done some good things against good teams and they almost made a comeback versus the Bucks. So if the Bucks don't get their head on straight and figure out their identity, figure out what works for them and start executing more than, you know, examining and pointing fingers, then it's going to be the Falcons that are sitting top of the NFC South by the end of the season. And that would be really unfortunate for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. So those are my final thoughts on our sale into the South. Kaylee, do you want to do us the honors of the last segment here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns? Yes, certainly. Um, And uh, I am starting with walk the plank, of course. Uh, (laughs) And Casey, here's the thing. I don't, I I might like say no to walk the plank this week because I was really hard on the box and we've, I've sent them over before and I, I, I've sent everybody over and we've talked about it and we've talked and we've talked and we've talked and now it's time to see some action. So 
I am going to say walk the plank this week. No, no, thank you. Instead, <laughs> what we're going to do, because the walk the plank hasn't, I, we haven't seen action. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to say, you know what? We need to see some action. We need to see some differences. We need to see this team play differently. We need to see the leadership step up. And I guess that's my walk the plank. I, 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 I'm, I've had bone to picks. I've, I've said, you know, I've taken my anger and frustration out during walk the plank and I'm kind of past that. And, and I'll make people walk the plank next week if they make me look bad. But this week today, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to give you guys a chance. You know that you need to turn this around. You lost to a one and four Steelers team. And mm -hmm. that, just like your parents used to tell you, the punishment is the consequences. And for me this week, the punishment is the consequences. You lost to a one and four Steelers team and you have to live with that. That's your walk the plank. Ouch. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Even though it's not specifically anyone walking in the plank, it's still a good one. You have to live with your consequences. My parents were very big on that, which is why I was never a child to test the waters. I would watch my <laughs> sisters do it and be like, yep, won't be doing I'm that one. Stay <laughs> off the plank. I'm yeah, I know exactly what there. not to do. Appreciate yep. that, uh, sisters and brother of mine. Um, so my walk the plank is just going to be kind of as simple as the blame game. We saw Twitter go wild after the game as, and then it bled into Monday morning. And there's still some people trying to have that conversation um, on Tuesday, regardless of, of how factually or specifically anyone backs up any perspective with this team, the blame game has to stop. I get just as frustrated with the play calling. I get just as frustrated with the lack of leadership. I get just as frustrated with, you know, the the rookies that you have to almost rely on on this offensive line. I get just as frustrated when they don't try to, you know, contend for certain positions and, and create a fire under these guys and say, if you're not going to step up, you're going to be replaced a little faster than dragging their heels on it. There's a lot of things that I get frustrated about because um, as somebody who has the pleasure of covering the Bucks, you know, as most of you guys know, growing up here in Tampa Bay, I have been that fan who's been through all the, the wild woes and, and, um, <laughs> you know, the good times and the bad times I have been there, but the blame game helps nobody regardless of whose fault it is. Cause these are conversations that they're going to have to have on their own accord and without blame, it just has to be everybody stepping up as a unit, making decisions in a timely manner, um, making those tough calls, having those difficult conversations. So regardless of who is to blame, uh, when you're sitting there playing the blame game too much, you're not really allowing anybody to take accountability. And for the most part, nowadays, with everything being so heavily public and having so many platforms to bash or share your opinion on, people aren't going to really take that much accountability in the public eye, um, especially organizations, if you will. So let's just relax in the blame game for a second. The, the, the Twitter wars that I'm seeing are just getting a little out of hand and people that, you know, technically are friends or cool on different notes, digging into each other on, on different days, all in the namesake of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's just not necessary, guys. The Bucks aren't going to step in and, and validate anything that you're saying until <laughs> they start doing something differently within the organization. So let's not do the blame game. It, it's fall. Florida's about to get a cold front. I'm in a great mood, minus the fact that I am having my little Florida flu here and... 
we're not going to play the blame game. We're just going to we're going to anticipate better decision making and better football, and we're just going to hope for a better Sunday performance coming up versus the Panthers and a nice little NFC South showdown. And um, I'm not even going to say blowout. I'm not going to put any anything out there. We're just going to call it what it is, an NFC South showdown, and we'll see how that plays out. Kaylee and I will be back to give you guys that game preview that will air first thing Friday morning. Right, Kaylee? Yep. Uh, we are so excited to bring you guys new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those will go from your phone to your earbuds uh, early in the morning. So just turn on that auto download button wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify. But I'm telling you the best place to get the podcast is the Odyssey app. You're going to want to turn on that auto download button so that they go straight into your phone and whatever you're doing on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you are getting the latest and greatest information on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm Kaylee Mizell. I can be found at Kaylee Mizell. This is Casey Hudson. She can be found at the sports case. We want to hear from you fans. What do you think of everything going on with this Bucks? team. What do you think of the Logan Ryan breaking news? And what do you think needs to happen for this offense and defense to start to step up? We will hear from you at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to follow us there for exclusives and different interview and sound bites from the podcast.